Hello, you're listening to Freelance Mum, the mother of all juggling acts, with me, Faye Dicker. And me, Laura Rawlings. With myself and Laura Rawlings today, I am delighted to invite Lord Lieutenant Peaches Golding, who many of you will remember from Freelance Mum, Brave, Bold and Bonkers, when she opened as our brave guest speaker. That was in life before lockdown, just as we were edging into it as we met on International Women's Day at Redmaids High School. Well, she joins us today and there's so much that we need to cover. I think it's quite important before we launch the interview just to say that um, we're having a bit of a wonky internet issue. I'm sure lots of you have been experiencing this during lockdown, so bear with us if there's a microsecond of a delay, but we will get peaches golding in all her glory complete with a beautiful uh, rose as well which she just snipped out to get from her lovely husband um before we begin the beaches thank you very much for joining us on the freelance mum class assembly today how has lockdown life been treating you lockdown has been really interesting because I love my house. This is my office and I've worked from this office for over 30 years now. So I'm all set up here. But the lieutenancy office, the first thing I had to do was enable my my secretary to work from home. And that was a real challenge. Computers, dongles, printers, teaching her how to use new software, new ways of working. It was totally different, but she's coped admirably and we've got our office set up and then the real work started. It has been extremely busy. I think my workload has probably trebled since lockdown. There's lots of letters to write, lots of people to be in touch with. Um, It's been really, really hectically busy and now, Thankfully, we have royal visits starting up again, and that is always um, labour intensive. So it's just been 12 weeks of madness. Why do you think it's been so much more work? Is it literally the logistics of having to do everything largely yourself? There's no one in IT, for instance, who can help you. Or actually, is it a bit more about what's been required of you, certainly in you know the last month or so? Now, I didn't hear that very well because my internet connection is absolutely dreadful. So try it again for me, please. Why do you think you've had so much more work? Why have you been three times as busy? Okay, the increase of workload. You will remember that Her Majesty made several broadcasts at the very start of lockdown. And some of the things that she said is that we will be proud of ourselves and our generation facing this unprecedented and novel pandemic. We'll be proud of the way that we've handled it. And for us to be proud of those things, um, one needs recognition for it. So I felt it was necessary to recognize all of those key workers and essential workers, whether they were in hospitals or care homes or hospices, whether they were bus drivers or people that worked in the water and electric utilities. There are many people that we have counted on in addition to the grocery people, the delivery people, to make sure that all of us were being able to be safe during this period of lockdown. 
So I just wrote to as many people as I could do to thank them for what they're doing for all of us. So that was a piece of work um, and it's ongoing. So if I forgot somebody, please tell me. <laughs> what a lovely thing to do though, actually, although it's a big task, but what a lovely thing to do to say thank you. And yeah, that's interesting. You never know when someone says they represent the queen, her majesty, you don't actually know all of what that entails aside from the visits that you know, you're about to start doing. So that's an interesting insight, isn't it, Faye? It most definitely is. And it's a very hard to imagine being the Queen's representative. And you take us back to yeah. that moment when the Queen gave that speech and we all felt very united. And she ended with that wonderful line, you know, um, until we meet again. And it was so poignant. Um, and great to think that you have been sort of doing that bit to help join the dots in the communities. It was interesting to hear you say, Peaches, about um, royal visits again. Um, uh, is royalty coming to Bristol? What role are you playing in part of that? Well, as Her Majesty's representative, I have all the fun in royal visits. So <laughs> I work with the organizations that will receive a visit to make sure they get what they want out of it, that the people they want to present or recognize receive that recognition, that the um, visitor books are signed that, that statues or whatever sculptures or, or plaques are unveiled, you know, all of the exciting things happen. So I get new best friends every time I have a royal visit. But the other side of that is also communicating with the households. And we've got uh, 15 working royals at the moment. So that is over five different palaces that I have, um, dialogue with. And so for each visit, I've got to make sure that the principal there is also having the best day of their lives. So it's how you marry those two and come up with a program that provides information in five minutes by five minute slots <laughs> of precisely what will happen, who will be talking about what, where we will be, who will be with us, and all of those other I's and T's that you have to dot and cross. So wow. it's very intensive and really exciting. I wonder whether, I know that coronavirus has obviously changed your job as you've just explained, but I wonder what impact Black Lives Matter and recent events in Bristol has had on your role and how you want to go about doing things going forward. Yes, now that was really interesting, Laura, because the day after the statue of Colston. Well, let's start with Colston. Colston is, is a very interesting figure because some people revere him and that's why we have schools and streets and all types of things named after Colston because he gave to the city quite a lot of money. He was a huge philanthropist and for that people love him dearly. He also, however, got that money through the slave trade and some 80,000 African individuals were taken from Africa and enslaved, not just for the day, but for the rest of their lives and for the rest of their children's lives in perpetuity. And the slave trade was a very nasty, horrible thing. 
the slave owners felt that if a slave lasted eight years, then they will have recouped their investment. So there was no onus to try to make life easy for individuals who grew cotton or rice or tobacco or sugar or any of the other crops that were grown in the new world. So it was a, it was a dreadful situation. So there were people that were pro Colston and contra Colston. And lots of discussion had taken place in the city over a period of time. Nothing had changed. And so some people from somewhere, we do not know, pull that statue down, pushed it through the city center, and dumped it into the floating harbor, very close to a bridge named after Perro, who was a black slave that worked in Bristol. Okay, so bits of synergy and story there. So the next day, I wrote a message to the people of, of the city. Um, and I set out a little bit about Colston and his background. And some people think he's a saint. Some people think he's the devil incarnate. Why now? And what we should do. You know, Bristol's interesting because we have me, the Queen's representative, as a black woman. We have an elected mayor who is a black man. We had the largest cohort of magistrates last year sworn in. And as Lord Lieutenant, they swear the oath to the Queen, but I take that oath. We have the most diverse group of magistrates in the UK, here in Bristol. We have black professional networks, we have black lawyers, we have all sorts of very interesting groups of people, but we also have great poverty among black communities, which is greater than the white population, which is not to say that the white population don't have problems, but it's the layer upon layer upon layer of disadvantage that we have an opportunity to address. And there's no place better than Bristol to be able to address it because we've got so much going on. We have so many opportunities. And my letter encouraged people to let's do those things. Let's try to get a little bit of pace. Now, of course, being the Queen's representative, I had to get that cleared by the Queen. And so we got clearance within, well, by midday, the day after the statue went into the harbour. And so I circulated very widely that statement, which is one page of A4. And if you wish, I can share that with you and we can send it out to the class, the classroom as part of the assembly. Why not? <laughs> um, so, so yes, um, a lot of things have happened as a result of that. Um, and many things that I can't talk about because my job is a little bit like that. I hold, I'm the holder of secrets. Um, but yes, many things are, many things positive are taking place. I'd um, it would be an honour if you were to share that. That would be a real joy. Thank you very much for offering that up, Peaches. Um, and it must have been, I mean, quite a moment for you to be able to sit down and put pen to paper and to share those thoughts where you were, speaking both personally and knowing that you were the representative of the Queen. Um, 
I reflect on that moment. I grew up in Bristol. I went to St Mary Redcliffe School, a school that was a beneficiary of Edward Colston, um, a school that we that celebrated Colston Day. Um, we received Colston buns and twenty pence. And although I knew of this, the the ancestry, it was a peculiar tradition that we did as school children and didn't give a great deal of thought. It's only as you reflect in later life that you think, my goodness, what was that all about? And yet that moment, that moment when that statue came down, which for me personally, I felt as though Bristol was never going to get round to taking down. There'd been a lot of talk and a lot of red tape for a long, a long time. Was it ever going to happen? And when it came down, it was really quite disturbing. It was quite emotional in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of lockdown, multi-layered, you know, no social distancing, which touched on other points. And then made you think again about your own white privilege, what made me think about my own white privilege. And that for some people, there were greater issues than a pandemic. Um, and it made me think as well a lot about what we can do as individuals, as small business owners, as mothers. What can we do to help make a difference? How can we use our white privilege well um, to make sure that black lives matter? Well, I think that's a very poignant question. And I think the first thing that any individual could do is to educate themselves. You know, what, what are the statistics? What are the numbers? Where do I find information? So that you understand why there is, in some places, a huge difference in the quality of life and the career and life expectations um, of people of different colors. Because it, they, they will differ according to ethnicity, according to neighborhood, according to education and job and all types of things. So just try to go out there and find some information. The McGregor Report, written a couple of years ago, outlines employment issues. But the, uh, the um, Office for National Statistics also has information about not just employment, but health, um, about uh, life expectancy, about disease, about where people live and who has money and all sorts of things. So first thing, educate yourself, find out about it. Second thing, do what you've just done so beautifully, Faye, which is to call out that bit of racism that you might notice. You know, just open your eyes and just call it out and say, this cannot be. Mm -hmm. It can't be just, it can't be fair. It's in nobody's best interest, call it out. So empower yourself to be able to do that. And then thirdly, act in your lane, as I think that, that book uh, once said. And if you've got a business, then mentor another business or twin with another business or think about how you might change your supply network. Think about how you might reach different customers and might have different partners to help you reach those customers. There's a thousand and one things that in your life you can do. Support a black business. Oh, I don't have it in here, I've got it upstairs. But the face mask that um, I wear when I'm out is made by a local businesswoman here in Bristol. Really the funky, every time I go out in my face mask, people say, oh, where'd you get that face mask from? Um, <laughs> I think I'm gonna be her poster girl, come on. I think you are, yeah. <laughs> That's right. But support black businesses, you know, 
there, there are many, many things that, that we each can do that are really very easy to do. I know you aren't going to say what's happening behind the scenes, but this, you know, ties up with what Faye was just asking you there about what we can do. I wonder what it is, if you can't say what is going on, what would you like to see going on? And <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, because we can learn from this as well, but what, what would you like to see happen? I think we have to realize that our minority ethnic communities are in themselves very diverse. You have people um, like me who happen to have been able to negotiate the slippery pole to get to a particular position. And um, we, we are one group quite privileged in our own way. Um, so what, what I'd like to see is that great thing about leveling up you know, how is it that we increase those networks? When I set up my business, the reason that I had blue chip companies as my clients is because I happened to be in the rooms where they were talking about regulation or in the rooms where they were talking about training or in all of those sorts of places. And people asked me, oh, you have a market research company. Can you do that kind of research? So it's all about um, how we broaden access for people regardless of who they are. Women, we know, also face challenges in the workplace. People from uh, different schools educated differently, they also face difficulties. And as we started out talking about COVID, it's going to be a tough environment out there, I'm afraid. Um, and we've all got to do those wonderful things to make sure that we continue that spirit of looking after each other. I know I wouldn't have made it through unless my neighbors were willing to let me tag on to their grocery delivery, or if the chap down the road wasn't kind enough to go to the doctor's surgery and collect my medicines for me, I'd be dead by now, 12 weeks, you know. There, there's a tremendous spirit out there, and I just want us to build on that. It's great for you to hear you say, Peaches, about that spirit and that community thing, and that's one of the great things that's come out of lockdown, that sense of, yeah, we, we can pull together, we smile at people. I remember right at the beginning when it was, you know, you really were only going out for the bare essentials and, and a walk. And I was, and I still am actually doing a, an early morning run every day. And I just wave and smile at everyone that I saw because it was an excitement of seeing a new face. For me, I see one of the things about lockdown is as we come out, it's almost a chance to reboot 2020. What do we want to go out to? Mm. How can we do things differently? What have we started doing that might have been different? And what do we like? What would you like to keep doing? Um, have you found new ways of working, Peaches, yourself that you'd like to continue? Um, how's it worked for you? I have. Um, my sister, who lives out in California, um, has been using Zoom. We have used Zoom with our family for eight years, seven, eight years now. So now that more people are used to using these video conferencing facilities, whether it's Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever it might be, it does give us an opportunity to come together in new and different ways and to involve people in ways that they couldn't be involved before because they didn't have the perhaps physical access to get to places. So I think the Zoom conference is here to stay. Um, my largest one was over 11 time zones. 
Whoa. <laughs> Saved a lot of air miles, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that I will keep. Um, I've always grown um, plants and, and things. So not just my husband growing these beautiful tropical plants, um, but I'm the outdoor gardener and I love growing things. And this year I put in some raised beds. They were due to go in before COVID, but I'm growing all sorts of wonderful vegetables now. I'm really getting good at this. So um, I'm enjoying that. And I, I hope to uh, continue my new found vegetable growing capabilities. But in terms of, of ways of working, I think we will be a lot smarter. I think we will be a lot slicker. I think my big fear or the big opportunity is to ensure that we decrease the digital divide because there are some parts of Bristol where people have worse internet connections than I do um, and certainly have less good equipment than I do and also have bills, you know, to pay for telephony and whatever. So we, we have a great opportunity to increase our social, our, our digital capability and use, not just in schools but and in business, but for social reasons and, and others. So lots of opportunities out there. Yeah, I think that's so true. And it's a shame that you can't carry us around your garden and show us your raised beds with your exciting vegetables because I'm someone who likes growing things too. And I know, you know, we all enjoy eating. So we would love to see that. Instead, we should just, you know, be thankful that we've been able to feast our eyes on your brilliant study, which, blimey, you've got some interesting bookcases full of things behind you. We've seen a lot of people's shelves, but I actually would quite like to see what's on some of yours and read well, you're, some of you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome anytime, Laura. Just come on in and you, you will see. <laughs> it's safe to say that, knowing that we're still sort of in coronavirus, but I will remember that invitation, Peaches, so thank you. <laughs> Peaches, it's been a delight to um, speak to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you have any sense before you go when you might begin public engagements again? Has that begun? How's that, how's that starting? It, it has started. Um, I did a flag raising ceremony um, at City Hall for Armed Forces Day. Um, and that was just a week or so ago. And I'm doing reckeys like mad for these upcoming royal visits. Um, so I've started going out tentatively, um, socially distanced, of course, um, and taking great care as I hope everyone will continue to. The virus is still out there. It will be with us for a long time. We do need to make sure of our hand hygiene about, you know, not mixing with people outside of our own family groups and small groups. You know, we just have to take care and continue to look after each other. And remember that if you go to a beauty spot, take your waist home with you. Yes, absolutely. 100%, yes. <laughs> I think the, one of the amazing things about the coronavirus is actually the simple things that you can do. And it is as simple, as you say, as washing your hands. I still hear my six-year-old singing happy birthday every time she goes to the toilet. <laughs> which is um, Peaches, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We really do appreciate it. And speaking on such important matters, 
as well as sharing your lockdown experience. Um, we look forward to seeing you in the most glamorous face masks and rose and hair again soon. Thank you, teachers. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for asking me to take part. And because I can't, there's something you can do for me. And that's hug your little ones because I'm missing hugging my little ones, Aww. my big ones. <laughs> yeah. Always to squeeze we them. Can do that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much and take care. Thank you. You too. Be safe. Thanks for listening to Freelance Mum. Don't forget you can stay up to date with all the latest advice, loads of friendly chats and support in our online group, The Mothership. To find out more information, check out freelancemum.co.uk. Subscribe, like and share from whichever platform you get your podcast from. And join us next week as we speak to another expert on an issue that's important to you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.